welcome to Anyways, Back to the Godfather. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. I'm Lauren. This is episode one. We are starting this podcast. We don't know how long it will last. <laughs> this may be the only episode. No, it's gonna be great. Uh, and if you're listening to it, that is for select listeners only, so count yourself very lucky. So, we're gonna start... I don't really know what this podcast is going to be long term. There's going to be like different things each month and we're going to have guests. So if you want to be a guest, speak up. Hint, hint. <laughs> we need volunteers. <laughs> I made a movie alphabet, like picked a movie for each letter and then I made Lauren do it. And um... No, I think I just did it. Oh, okay. Makes me feel less intrigued. guilty. <laughs> so we're going to talk about... Um, some of those. It's probably gonna be a three-part episode. We're gonna talk about like our runners-up and then our actual choices. And we picked these at the very end of November of 2020. And already, I'm like, I would change so much. <laughs> so, this is what we picked then. Don't hold us to it forever. And I just want to qualify myself and say I am zero percent in any way a film critic. I have not taken a single class on film. Rachel has. I one. <laughs> so let's. <laughs> is not. Uh, for the critics to take into mind. <laughs> this is true. I think, it, at least in my list, it was like, because my mom was saying, like, oh, you should do a horror one and an animation one. And it was like, no, I want to pick, out of everything I love, taking into account, like, what I think is great cinema and also what is, like, nostalgic and what I just love for myself. So all that's kind of going into it. Um, but I guess since this is our first episode, we should explain our title. <laughs> so we love The Godfather. It was, like, a big part of our friendship early on. <laughs> and we've watched it 11 times in three years. And I'm really into, like, this long-running joke of if there's a funny line, I'm like, that's the title of my autobiography. And once Lauren texted me, anyways, back to The Godfather, and I was like, that is the title of our joint memoir. <laughs> so now this is the audio version of our memoir. And that's the other wow. thing. I'm like, this is just for us on one level. <laughs> like, no one might listen to this, and that's fine. We'll listen to it in, like, 20 years. So, yeah. Okay. We are going to talk about our films. And did you have a runner-up for your numbers? I don't no. think you did. So I'll go ahead and talk about mine. So I picked nine as my runner-up. We started with numbers, uh, and they had to be an actual number, not, like, spelled out. So nine is a Tim Burton film. It's creepy, heartfelt. I watched it with my friend Elizabeth Gaysford. It's just a good one. I'm going to try not to talk too much about the runner-ups because I feel like this is going to get real <laughs> lengthy. But uh, go ahead and tell us your pick. My pick was 42. I actually just rewatched it a couple days ago since really? I knew we were going to do this. Oh. Um, I just love the story of Jackie Robinson. Um, I don't know. My dad kind of idolizes him because he's a... My dad's a baseball player, and he's always loved Jackie Robinson, so it's kind of a, I don't know, nostalgic thing. I uh, feel like Jackie Robinson's, he always would tell us his story, so kind of part of my personal history in some way. But I just think he's really inspiring the way he was so brave, and mostly in the way that he handled the abuse that he got, that he never reacted and I think the movie portrays that really well. Like, you see this, these horrible things people are saying to him, and you just feel so horrible inside, and you want to go punch that guy in the face, and you just see the strength that he had. And anyways, I was reading the 
and then a lot of the critics said about it, and they were like, it's too long, it's too boring, but... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but I think it's really, I think it's underrated, and Harrison Ford is in it, and he does awesome, and yeah. Chadwick Boseman is yeah. awesome. I think it was his first film, actually. Really? Or at least it was, like, his breakthrough performance, yeah. but he's so good in it, and I love the love story of Jackie and his wife, it's yeah. so cute, and so that was my pick. Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like I have slight issues with the film from, like, a historical perspective because I took History of American Sports. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, when you put it up, I was like, oh, duh, 42 is such a good one. So it's a really, really, like, like you say, the performances are so solid, and I feel like they do a really good job of showing that, like, breaking the Keller barrier. So, mm. good pick. All right, a surprise to nobody, mine <laughs> pick was 2001 A Space Odyssey. I watched this first um, in my film class at college, and I just remember being blown away by the cinematography. Um, it's one that is like, what the heck am I watching? And it's so slow when you're watching it. I remember sitting in the little theater and being like, oh my gosh, nothing, nothing is happening. happening. Speaking of slow movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like it introduces one of the best villains. We were talking about Hal before we started. <laughs> He's too spooky. <laughs> Um, and it's one that every time I rewatch it, it pulls me back into the, like, what is this really about and what's going on? And I think it was my first Kubrick film, so I do have such a special place in my heart for that one, even though my mom absolutely hates it. <laughs> We've got to admit, like, the color, the shot when they're, like, in the corridor and they're wearing their bright mm-hmm. spacesuits, it's a great one. If you've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey... Just try it one time. <laughs> know that it's going to be so slow. Or at least just watch the part when they're working or they're, when Hal is introduced. Right, and... yeah. When, like, kind of the narrative starts. Yeah. But you need to watch the whole thing for, like, the weird ending. <laughs> oh, my. And then you'll appreciate the weird monoliths that have been showing up even more. <laughs> All right, on to A. You have two runner-ups. <laughs> Illegal. Oops. Go That's ahead and That's the talk only about time them. I did that. Okay, so... Second runner-up was <laughs> A Beautiful Mind. I just really watched that this year. And I just, I don't know, ever since I had um, my psych nursing class, I've felt like this kind of draw towards mental health. And I thought this movie, I don't know, because I don't really have, I don't have schizophrenia, right? But I thought it was really cool the way they portrayed it and it, it totally duped me. Well, partly. <laughs> I guess. Spoilers. <laughs> I Skip guess, ten seconds ahead. <laughs> I guess that he was hallucinating the policeman, but I did not know that his friend mm-hmm. was a hallucination, mm-hmm. too. That totally... I was... My mouth... My jaw was dropped. <laughs> um, and also, it made me cry just because how difficult it was, and then he overcame it, and how his wife was so helpful to him and believed in him. I just really appreciated the struggle that it showed. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched that one. I need to watch it again. Okay, you want me to talk about my second one or my first one? I'll talk about mine. Okay. So I'm actually really surprised I picked this because I go back and look at it and I'm like, even in my end of year uh, rankings, I put another A film ahead of it. So I don't know why I picked this. It was just my mood. I picked Annie Hall. I think it's just because like, I do like Woody Allen and of course Diane Keaton um but it's fun I don't know I just have like a good memory watching it with you and I feel like you liked it more than I did so that's why I'm like why did I put it on my list but it's one I want to revisit so 
anyway, that was my runner-up. Okay, my runner-up was Arrival. I love aliens and <laughs> alien movies. And I love... This one is so unique because of the, like, the time aspect. And that, I don't know, I love Amy Adams. I love Jeremy Renner. So I... This is one that I want to purchase one day and own in my own personal collection. All right, my pick is Anastasia, of course. I was just talking to my sisters about how great this film is (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) I love this movie so much. I grew up with it. I just think every single aspect is great. Like, it's so funny. It's got a lot of heart. The music is so, so good. The performances. We've got such a star-studded cast. And usually that can, like, mess it up, but I actually feel like it really works. Like Meg Ryan, Kelsey Grammer, uh, John Cusack. Anastasia is just a great film, period. But I feel like I have all had all these personal connections to it. Like when I was little, I would put on plays by myself. <laughs> like Aww. I would put on plays with my sisters and stuff too. But I specifically remember like, I'm going to be in Anastasia. And I was Anastasia and also Rasputin. So like, don't psychoanalyze me why I had to be both of those characters. But I would like watch it and write down their lines and like memorize their lines so I could perform it. (laughs) For real. Speaking of lines, it's so quotable. I love it. And then also so much of it has to do with Paris. And when I lived in Paris for three months, I would listen to the music so much and it just was always so special. So that's my A. Okay, my A is... Disney's Aladdin from what 1990 oh I think 1994 oh no is it 94 oh no I feel like it's 94 I think you're no it's not 90 <sighs> uh, I'm going 92 it's so hard to spell <laughs> it is 92 yes <laughs> the Disney Club president everyone <laughs> so proud um this is nostalgic for me but also it's just such a good good cartoon I, this was one that I would rewatch all the time growing up, and uh, different because like it's a Disney movie. I feel like most of the Disney movie I watched as a child were about the princesses and focused on a girl protagonist, but this one was about a boy, and uh, I just love Genie and Robin Williams and Jafar. So good. I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, why don't I watch this movie more? It's so good. <laughs> it really is so good. There's a few. 90s CGI oh my gosh graphics that are excellent (laughs) (laughs) going on to B my runner-up oh and I want to make it my pick so badly but of course I have you'll you'll understand why but Black Klansman I love this film so much um completely robbed at the Oscars but I think it was my first Spike Lee film that I watched and it's just so powerful. I love John David Washington. I think he does such an incredible job. And I read the book after and like loved to find out what was real and what did happen. And it's one of those films that is like, oh, I like can watch this timepiece and think about racism in this context. And then he makes it so present and real. And you're like, oh my gosh, racism is just a constant thing. And it's hard that like we have to learn about that through movies. So I recognize there's like privilege inherent in that statement, but it's it's super hard to watch and it's also like very entertaining and funny and just brilliant too so that was when i fell in love with adam driver (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) are you sure it wasn't star wars i'm sure i didn't like kylo ren (laughs) until after i watched black Clansman. incredible (laughs) because he's like the only part that you like about the new films yes (laughs) (laughs) and i cried when he died (laughs) 
<laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler for Star Wars, the most recent. <laughs> but I feel like Spike Lee makes these movies that are so, I don't know, applicable to now. Yeah. But it's crazy because you think it's happening in the past, but then, like, also do the right thing. Yes. It's probably coming later. But there's just, like, this is still happening. Yes. And I love that it's, I feel like movies about racism that are most, like, like often made by white people kind of, like, hit these one notes. And they're, like, racism is bad. And Spike Lee has an incredible way of exploring, like, how deep it goes mm-hmm. and the depths of it and, like, how complicated it is. So, ugh. Very good. We love Spike Lee. Okay, my runner-up was Back to the Future. I don't know. I recently decided that I loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This surprises me that it was up yeah, so high. I think when we rewatched it in January for Cinemonth last year, yeah, I just realized how fun it was and how, like, I think I rewatched it two you, weeks. Or I watched it two weeks Because you watched it with your family. And then I watched it with you or something. Yeah. Anyway, I watched it in a very close period. And I was like, I'd watch it again. It's just so fun how he goes back and sees his parents, and I love the dance scene at the end. I um, feel like every part of it is very iconic. Mm-hmm. And I love Doc Brown. So funny. So great. All right. My pick is, of course, Bugs Life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this film that I just love. I think growing up, it was always like, this is a good one. And I will say it. It's a little bit forgettable. Like, people don't really remember Bugs Life. And I think for a long part of my life, I was always like, whenever I'd watch it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this film's so great. <laughs> Why do I not watch it more? Like Aladdin. And when I was in high school, I watched um, Lost in Space with my dad <laughs> a lot. And it was just like this really funny thing. And then I found out one of their favorite uh, people on it voices Manny, Jonathan Harris, and it <laughs> entered this, like, whole other level for me. And I think we went to Disneyland that year, and they had that Bugs Land, and it was just like, oh my gosh, Bugs Life is so great. And so I just, I love it. And it, beyond that, like, the music is so good. I love the characters. I love the themes. Like, Lauren gave me a rock on my birthday, and I almost cried. <laughs> it was amazing. And now, like, I still just love Bugs Life so, so much. I think there are other Pixar films that are great, maybe even better, but, like, it's now become part of my personality that, like, Bugs Life is my thing. <laughs> so, Bugs Life forever. Luke is just so relatable. He's just he trying is. to do his best. And he's and awkward and he's bumbly. He's different than oh, everyone else. I love him so much. He's just a great character. The best. Okay, my pick <laughs> so glad is you picked this. Babe. <laughs> I, I was born with this movie, pretty much. I think it maybe came out It was our birth year movie, yeah. yeah. And uh, I loved, <laughs> I love farm animals. I loved farm animals as a child. Like, one of my favorite shows is, like, this 30-minute film about Christmas on the farm or something. And I just watch it on repeat. And it's just, like, this this old guy who goes and milks the cow and then, like, gives some milk to the cat. And, and, and you think, like, the snowman is weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is real people. It's not creepy. <laughs> so Babe was, like the most perfect thing where these cute little animals are like talking and it's nostalgic it was my one of my favorite movies as a child and then growing up i've rewatched it and cried just because at the end farmer hoggett goes for his what he thinks is gonna work the best and it then he accomplishes it and it's just so beautiful and everyone stands up and claps for him i love it I want to just marry farmer hoggett and live on his farm with his animals (laughs) And uh, oh, it's just so good. I love it. 
I'll admit, Babe was in our video case all growing up, and I, I have no memory of watching it. And then you made me watch it. Was it this? I think it was last year, actually. It was recently, but... Yeah. I don't think it was this year, because it didn't show up in my end of year list. Anyway. Um, probably end of last year. Yeah. I really liked it. I was surprised at how quality it is. Like, it's, it's so a good, good film. If you haven't seen Babe... I am the first to tell you, I was very skeptical, and I really enjoyed it, so. Well, and it's, like, the graphics, like, it's pretty impressive for the 90s. It is. The way they make the animals talk. Yeah. It looks pretty good. And that sounds scary, because, like, Lady and the Tramp, the new one, haven't seen it, but I saw the previews, <laughs> and that was terrifying. It's, like, not off-putting. <laughs> so. Yeah, my family quotes it all the time. <laughs> it's just part of my soul. All right, moving on to C. My uh, runner-up is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from the early 2000s, the one with Johnny Depp. I haven't seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. My brother-in-law will be so upset about that. But I'm going to watch it with you. So <laughs> oh my gosh. Gene Kelly's so weird. Gene Wilder. <laughs> Gene Kelly is less weird. <laughs> I mean, is he singing in the rain? Yeah. I didn't love that. Sorry, everybody out there. I like Gene Kelly. I'm a fan. I mean, I like him. I just... It's fine. <laughs> you think it's overrated. It's true. Charlie and the Chalk Factory is another one that I just grew up loving. I, I did see it in the theaters, and I don't know. I think everyone, a lot of people are like, what the? It's so weird. But it's so weird. Johnny Depp, it just kills it in that role. He's so funny. It's really quotable. I love the music. It's, again, it's Tim Burton. I'm like, always. <laughs> I'm such a Tim Burton fan. He's so spooky. But it's just, like, eclectic in this... I, I don't know. I love it so much. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm just amazed. When I watched it again, I was like, that's Johnny Depp? Right? Like, he's incredible. He's so just versatile, and he just completely becomes this new person. Yeah. It's really impressive. Yeah. Okay, my pick for C, my runner-up, was Curious George. Oh my gosh, which I still need to watch. <laughs> oh my, we're gonna watch it. <laughs> I don't know what year it was, but it's like, it like a... early, or maybe like late 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Um, it has Will Ferrell as the man in the yellow hat. Wait, really? Yes. Andrew Barrymore is his love interest. Oh my gosh. I and like I didn't know this. What's his name? Dick Van Dyke. What? Oh my gosh. What am I doing with my life? We're going to watch this so soon. I'm going to have to report back. <laughs> but Curious George, just the character of Curious George, it's from 2006. This was a, uh, or Curious George is also really an important figure in my childhood. I would read the books all the time. Um, Do you I have a favorite watch... story? Because the Chocolate Factory one is, like, so standout in my head. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we would even watch, I don't know what year it was from, but there was, like, this creepy claymation Curious <laughs> George TV show that we would watch. And then they came out with the cartoon TV show on PBS Kids that yes. I would watch with my brothers and all the And the great time. thing is, I would also watch this. You have younger siblings. I'm the youngest. <laughs> I was way too old to be watching that, and I 100% did. Okay, my niece would also watch it, so sometimes I'd watch it with her, but sometimes I'm like... I have a baby sister! <laughs> oh my gosh, I am Arthur! <laughs> Anyways, this movie is just so beautiful, the animation... And there's, like, some parts where the colors, I'm just like, wow, that is so be beautiful. Um, and I love how awkward the man in the yellow hat is, and Will Ferrell is so funny. And George is just adorable. I just He's so cute. want to have a George, not a real monkey, just a little cartoon George with me all the time. And Dick Van Dyke is the hero. <laughs> I quote him from this movie all the time. He's just this old guy that's... 
struggling. <laughs> okay, my, my number one pick surprises me a little bit. Citizen Kane. I think I just have to chalk it up to, like, again, my film class. I feel like we would talk about a specific thing and then they would choose a film for us to watch that would really highlight that aspect of filmmaking. And this was for directing. and Director. Directoring. <laughs> and I feel like this is the best directed film. Like, just the way that we talked about directing and broke it down and understood it, to see it actualized was incredible. And I think I grew up hearing about Citizen Kane and hearing it was this amazing thing, and I think it's a letdown for a lot of people. Like, my mom hates it. (laughs) (laughs) My mom hates it, too. (laughs) I think people expect the reveal to be bigger of Rosebud, and but I just absolutely loved it. And we watched it recently, and I was like, it's you. It's a film that you don't watch to be entertained. Like, it's definitely a cinematic yeah, masterpiece. That's what my mom said when I was going to watch it. She's like, that's for the film people. Yeah. So, part of this is a little bit like, I want to be included in the film <laughs> critics, so I'm going to pick Citizen Kane. <laughs> but also, like, I legitimately do enjoy it and have a special place in my heart for it. I love that the reveal is so simple. And yeah. That, that takes him back to... Spoilers don't ruin it for anybody. Okay. <laughs> It's simple. <laughs> we can spoil. What was it that we did? Uh, Beautiful Mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Citizen Kane, and that Star is like from the 40s, cannot be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> it's too special. Okay, my pick for C was Coco. Oh. Um, I served my mission in Mexico, so this movie was really, really hit home for me, and I loved the little Spanish. I've watched it in Spanish multiple times, and... I just love seeing that country represented in such a beautiful way, and the animation is amazing, and the story is so heartfelt, and it makes me cry every time at the end. It's just about family, and um, I can't, well, I guess there is kind of a love story in it with his grandparents, but it's mostly, it's mostly (laughs) just about Coco, or sorry, well, it is about Coco, about (laughs) Miguel, and him trying to figure out where he belongs in his family and trying to live his dreams. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like it starts out as like, oh, this is going to be a story about a, like someone pursuing their passions and their dreams. And it is, but it's also like, how do you find that balance and mm-hmm. what is really important? Mm-hmm. And it's so good. And I love Ernesto de la Cruz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, on my mission, we would listen to, or at least there is, I think his name is Vicente Fernandez. But they would play his music, like, on the cars that would drive past trying to sell tortillas and stuff. Amazing. But he reminded me so much of him, and it just... Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's so many just little things that reminded me of my mission that I had to put it as my number one. I love that. Coco, it really is such a strong pick. And we got to see the director, Lee Ungrich, in real life. It's amazing. (laughs) So... So cool. Coco's fantastic. All right, this is, like, our halfway point. So, we're going to talk about our sponsor. Huh? <laughs> this, I'm totally copying this from a different podcast, but, um, kind of. <laughs> it's our own thing. So, I thought every episode we can share a story from our friendship to just let everybody understand <laughs> some of our intrepid past. And if we have guests on, they have to share a story, too, about something they did with us. About so, us. <laughs> it's all about talk us. Talk about us. <laughs> so, uh, this is sponsored by Bishop Nelson. <laughs> He wasn't a bishop. He wasn't our bishop. He was our human development teacher. But one day he let slip that he was a bishop. So that was just his nickname, and it stuck. 
Lauren and I were friends in junior high and high school, but we weren't, like, ever super close. And we were on seminary council together. That's true, represent. But then, after your mission, uh, we randomly had human development together. Like, it was not planned at all. Like, I think, you weren't even supposed to, like, that that's was right. I was, class. I was you. just gonna, uh, like, see if I liked it. I was maybe gonna drop it. Because I had to take it for a nursing program. Right. And it fulfilled some requirement for me, but I was like, I have a pretty heavy load. I'll see if I like it. And of course, Bishop Nelson won me over. <laughs> but I even remember you, like, walking up and I was like, ugh, <laughs> someone from Skyline. <laughs> and I want to talk to them. <laughs> but then and I was it, like, hi! <laughs> I'm blessed that you were. <laughs> and Bishop Nelson really just brought us together. So he's forever in our hearts for that. But the story is... <laughs> One time we were at a fireside, completely unrelated. It was for like one of my friends who lived like, kind of outside of Provo. And we were sitting in the back and all of a sudden someone sat down behind us. And I was like, Lauren, it's Bishop Nelson. He was sitting right behind us and we could not concentrate on the fireside for the rest of it because we were just fangirling that he was sitting right behind us. We didn't even say hi. We were too nervous. <laughs> but later we took parenting from him. And, and then he became my best it's friend. It's true. He <laughs> smiled at us on campus once. It was so magical. Almost <laughs> And he knows your name. He never called me by name. I'm a little miffed about it still. <laughs> I raised my hand in class one day. He was like, oh, Warren. I was like, oh. I had to wait for a second and compose myself before I could talk. So like, oh. You were like Clarice in the... Or no, it's Rudolph. She knows my name. Mario Andretti knows my name. Of course. Oh, I don't know. Some movie reference. I think Rudolph just says, he's so cute. That's it. I always get that confused. Anyway, so thank you, Bishop Nelson. I love you. <laughs> All right, moving on to D. Is it my turn? Losing track. Uh, we can, I can go first. Okay, yeah. You... Okay, my uh, runner-up for D was... Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Atomic Bomb. Very impressive! I don't even have it written down. <laughs> I, so we picked this movie for our Cinemonth event of January last year. I picked it because it was like a, a high rated... I think rated... I picked it, because I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. Or maybe I just... I picked, it I was on your list, you. yeah. yeah. And uh, it was, uh, I was just looking at high rated comedies. That's right, that's what happened. And I saw it was on like like, an IMDb top 100 list, and so I was like, okay, I'll just pick this. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> Anyways. And, so, wait, so, for Cinemonth, we pick, like, 14 categories of film. So, this is the comedy <laughs> portion that Lauren picked. So, then we were watching it, and I totally forgot that it was a comedy. So, <laughs> I was taking part. it seriously, and I was a little bit confused, but... I can't remember when I realized it was a comedy, but then I loved it, so I was like, this is hilarious. Probably when, like, we realized that Peter Sellers played, like, four different people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is he every character? And so now I want to rewatch it since I realized it's a comedy, but it just tickled my funny bone. It I is really it was funny. hilarious, and also some important messages, and... <laughs> so that's good, too. I'm here for the funny movies. Is that Kubrick, too? I don't know. I feel like I it might remember. be. You film buffs out there going to either be nodding in approval or shaking your head in dismay. <laughs> that is a great one. Okay, this is one that I'm like, I'd already change the order. So just know that... It is Kubrick. Okay. Phew. Well done. Thanks for nodding. I would switch these, but for right now, Do the Right Thing was my runner-up, but I think it would be my first pick. Do the Right Thing. We watched it this year. Um, it was very timely. 
It was so tiny. <laughs> I, again, it's Spike Lee. He is such an incredible filmmaker and has been, com- like, completely bashed by the Academy. I, he is, has. Yeah, the Academy is he worthless. He deserves more. Amazing cinematography. Like, the story alone is incredible, but then the way that he tells it and the visuals, like, the, the dance sequence at the very beginning is already, like, so incredible. Um, and then there's just so many different themes. And again, it's kind of like what I was saying, uh, for Black Klansmen. It's not just this, like, one note, racism is bad. It's like, oh man, it's really complicated. And I read a review about it and it was like, a lot of films about racism are like, racism is bad. And you leave being like, oh, but the white people did good things and like, everything's okay. And when you watch the Spike Lee's film, you're like, oh, everything's so heavy and hard and there's no, yeah, there's no easy, simple answers. And it's like, oh, that's because that's like actually the story (laughs) that is like, that's the narrative that's going on. And it's so much more complicated than there's no like simple solution. And that's, we like need to remember that as we move forward. So I love Do the Right Thing. Highly recommend, uh, but probably like either just go into it knowing that it's R or edit it down because there are some things that we took out. So uh, there's a few efforts. Yeah. <laughs> so just that little caveat, but it's an excellent, excellent film. My favorite part is when Oh my gosh! <laughs> Completely ignores the rest, like the whole point of the movie, and just obsesses about Al Pacino. <laughs> and a big Frank Sinatra or something. All the Italians. <laughs> Maybe Dean Martin. I don't remember. I don't think Dean Martin was. I think it would have passed away if Dean Martin was. Oh there. my gosh! We wouldn't have gone through the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my wow, this is number one. Yeah. My number one pick was Dirty Dancing. Oh my gosh! Because I love dancing. <laughs> I don't always dance, but I love dancing, um, and I kind of love dirty dancing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this twerk this made me want to just find someone that can dance with me like that. Dude, Patrick like... Swayze is so beautiful. I still haven't seen it because I'm waiting to watch it with Maddie. Oh yeah. I wrote in her Christmas card this year that is my goal to that watch it with year, her this year. So New Year's Maddie, if you're listening, we are going to make this happen. <laughs> but I. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's the best story, but I just thought it was really fun. <laughs> and I saw it twice last year, so Incredible. it was my first I can't time. Believe you watched it twice. <laughs> I went and saw it in the theater for a bachelorette party. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, you really loved it. That was fun. <laughs> that I, is fun. I really did like it, actually. Yeah. I put a little like on it on my letterbox. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Incredible. I reserved that like for only like four films, so. <laughs> Bugs Life is one of them. Okay, so my number one pick, again, I'd switch it if I could, rip me and my consistency in keeping things as they were written, is Doubt, which is probably a surprise? I don't know. It was, I made you watch it a long time ago. I, it was another one that we watched in my film class, and I was just, like, so drawn into it. I think this is, whereas, like, Citizen Kane is maybe a masterclass in directing, I... I think Doubt is a masterclass in the performances. Like, I actually think it was my first Meryl Streep film. Are <laughs> Surprisingly. you serious? Yeah, I didn't watch Meryl Streep until I was in college. Whoa. But, sorry, Becky. But she was incredible in it. Amy Adams is great. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? There's an... Uh, I always want to call him Dustin Hoffman. Yeah! <laughs> I'm like, Dustin Hoffman is not correct. <laughs> uh, it is just... I love the ending. Um, it always makes me cry for some reason. Oh. I just think it's, like, an incredibly well-told story. 
and I loved it. It would be secondary to Do the Right Thing, though, for future reference. <laughs> I, one thing that I didn't like initially, but I think it's really cool, is how it's not really resolved at the end either. Like, you don't know yeah. what actually happened, and so right. it's really cool. It's unique in that way. Yeah. And I think, is it Octavia Spencer, or who is it? I think it? she is. It, yeah. That she's in it for, like, two minutes, right. and she was nominated, yeah. I think. Is that right? I don't, I don't remember that. Was, but she did amazing. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, like again, every single bud, every single buddy. <laughs> every single buddy. Everybody does such a good job in it. I love it. No, it's Viola Davis. Oh, that's right. Give her credit. <laughs> give her credit on this prestigious and podcast. Yeah, she's nominated for best performance in a supporting role. That's incredible. And she's in there. For I like mean, two it makes minutes. sense because it is so so good. If you haven't watched Doubt. Please go watch it. It's a great one. Um, Yi is the only one where we, like, almost snatched up. <laughs> this is the other thing that was interesting when I you made your you list. said Yi. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> I was so surprised at all your picks. That's why I was like, we have to do a podcast? <laughs> we couldn't just talk about it. We had to do it in a podcast. Discuss. <laughs> um, Discuss over podcasts. But my second place is your first place and your second place is my first place so i'll go ahead and talk about my first place and i will let you talk about okay <laughs> so emperor's new groove um is such a classic it is like famous now for being the the most underrated but cult favorite disney classic um it's so quotable it is i actually think one time we quoted almost the entire movie on its, like, anniversary or something. On accident. Our poor roommates. <laughs> I think we just started quoting it and just kept going. Yeah. And it was with the roommates that, like, wouldn't really appreciate it. it wasn't Sarah. <laughs> but... Sarah could also quote Right? <laughs> she would be correcting our quotes. <laughs> but it's this funny thing where I feel like you're like, oh, I, I, I just wish I could watch it for the first time again and, like, not have these jokes. But I actually think it gets better over time. It's, like... When you anticipate the cult that is coming, it's just, it's, like, such a reward when you, when you hear it again. But maybe that's because my brother-in-law, Bobby, watched it and he did not like it at all. <laughs> I think it appeals to a certain humor. That's true. It's but, yeah. so classic. I have this memory of watching it in the theater and I'm so confused because it came out in 2000. I watched it in the theater, though. But I have memories of it and I was five <laughs> years old. Like, I know. I, weird. It's weird because I, like, distinctly remember watching it for my sister Catherine's birthday. Like, that was what we did. Because I remember the credits. <laughs> like, being in the theater. <laughs> so, somehow, as five-year-olds, <laughs> we both I watched know. this movie. I remember watching it in the theater and then with my grandma. Yes. Like, with all my family. <laughs> and there's one part where Cusco stops the film and, like, crosses out Pacha and says, this is about me, not him. And my grandma at the end was like, that was so mean when he scribbled that guy out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, Grandma. That's her takeaway. She shouldn't be offended. She, it ruined the whole movie she for She did her. not like it, but I did. It's the best. Yeah, oh. I just feel like the humor is so surprising. I think I would, I just would love to watch it without any memory of it and just have that surprise yeah. humor again. But it is so quotable. Like, I feel like my family is constantly quoting it. Oh, and I, an onion log. I also have Sweet. a... We always quote. <laughs> Happy birthday. It's, it's your true. birthday. Oh my gosh. Oh my, so many quotes. Um, uh, I have another memory of 
a trailer for it on TV, <laughs> and it, when we watched the movie, it was different than in the trailer, and I was like, I was so annoyed by that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's my other memory of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Pre-theater and Prisoner Group. When I was five years old. No, no, I don't understand. These happen to be our earliest memories. The most important things of our life. All right, take it away. The number one pick is E.T., of course. Um, I watched this, I think, as a child, maybe once, and it was too scary. I had to leave the room. We were watching it at, like, a family gathering, and I just left because it was too scary. Actually, maybe I was crying and my mom made me leave. (laughs) That seems more like what would have happened. Both Equally likely. Um, uh, But I rediscovered it in college. I think I was at Anatomy Review, and she used E.T. as, like, when he's following the Reese's Pieces, as, like, an analogy to white blood cells following some kind of chemical to the infection. But anyways, you need to track down this teacher and tell her. that she changed my life? Yes. Anyways, I, it was like Halloween time, and so I told my friends Marin and Maddie, who were my roommates, that they had to watch E.T. with me because it was a Halloween movie. So we did a matinee. <laughs> it was like a Saturday morning. Oh my gosh. We closed all the curtains and popped popcorn and watched E.T., and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was moving. I thought E.T. was adorable in this creepy, cute way, and I... Uh, I watched it again with my family, like, that weekend, because oh I was like, this gosh. is hilarious, and it's a Halloween movie, so you have to watch it. I don't know, it just kind of became an obsession, and I I came to adopt it as, like... It's like Bugs Life for me, like, right. it's your thing. <laughs> and everyone gives me E.T. gifts, so my room is full of E.T. memorabilia. And, and we had E.T. summer. Yes, we went to the... E.T. ride at Universal. That's the only reason I went. <laughs> it's true. Because <laughs> I wanted to ride the E.T. ride. Because I had this fear that they were going to get rid of it. I saw some post on Instagram that said, as soon as Spielberg dies, they're going to destroy this. <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> is the, it's like the only... Oh, because he wants to be remembered for it. And Yeah, it's one of his most Schindler's favorite movies That's that right. he made. But, yeah, I just... Um, when I got into nursing school, I would say, like, I'm just trying to be, like, E.T. He was your patron saint. (laughs) Yes. Trying to heal people with a touch, even though also the Savior did that, but I just chose to (laughs) use E.T. as an inspiration. I mean, he's, like, a symbol, so it all works out. And I do, I did connect, a lot of these movies are especially because of spiritual connections I've made with it, so I think this movie also, I saw a lot of Christian symbolism in it, and um, but yeah, even though I think you read something when I said there's so much Christian symbolism in here, you were like, it says Steven Spielberg says there's no attempted, it's all accidental <laughs> symbolism. But see, like, that's part of it, right? Right, you make it what it is. So anyways. And maybe Steven's just, you know, trying to downplay it. Just a closet Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my favorite movie of all time. I and love so it. it that is why it's my number one pick for E. <laughs> and number one pick for everything. <laughs> it's so great. And it is a great film. It's so I, good. I watched it with Annie and Elizabeth, like, a long time ago. And I think I had to leave because I was too little. <laughs> and it was, like, my bedtime. And oh. we were watching it at Annie's house and I couldn't stay. And so then when I was living with you, it was like, oh, I've, I've seen, like, parts of E.T. And I think I watched the end with you. And eventually, like, I watched the whole film. 
And E.T.'s already, like, a great film, but I would not love it as much as I do <laughs> without <laughs> you and your influence and everything that we've done with E.T., so. It is an important part of our lives. It is a good film. All right, moving on to F. This one surprised me. <laughs> my my runner-up, Frank and Weenie, <laughs> which I know you don't like. I just don't like Tim Burton. I know! This, no, you do not need to apologize. <laughs> It is this weird thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, so many of my runner-ups are Tim Burton. What the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> Tim Burton just traumatized me as a child. Oh my gosh. I can't get over that. <laughs> but I, I just feel like it's a love letter to horror films, and I'm really trying to go through, like, watch all of those. And so I think it's just, like, touches this part of me that I'm like, oh, I just love old horror so much, and so does Tim. That's where Tim and I bond. <laughs> Frank and Weenie, it's a good one. Okay, my runner-up was Far From the Madding Crowd. I love, I don't know, like, Jane Austen. This is a not Victorian era, but just, like, the English romantic stories. I have not read this book, but um, I just thought this movie was so beautiful. And the reason I love this movie is it has the most perfect man in the entire world that has ever been created. Um, Gabriel, he's named after an angel. Oh my gosh. He's a shepherd. <laughs> He's, I was going to say, they're sheep in that film. They're sheep. Oh, there's a part where the sheep die, and that's very hard for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the only two things I know about that movie are the sheep and you and Emma, like, singing the, the instrumental. Music. <laughs> yes, the music is so good, also. And, uh, oh, I watched it the first time with Maddie because she was in, like, a marriage prep class, and it's, they're, they're trying to say, like, watch how she falls into lust with this one guy, and how she doesn't. Or she avoids the love, like, there's a difference. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyways, so there's important lessons in it. But also, I just love Gabriel. I just <laughs> want him to be real. He's so perfect. Oh the gosh. kindest man. We're gonna have to add him to your poster of movie of crushes. <laughs> favorite men. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my number one is Finding Nemo. Which, I'll be honest, I feel like is a little bit overrated. Oof, I went there. I said it. Sarah's gonna hate me. <laughs> I I feel like people absolutely love Finding Nemo. And I do too. Like, it's a really, really solid film. It's so beautiful. I think there's times when I'm watching, though, and I'm like, huh, it's a little bit long. <laughs> this is still going. <laughs> but the thing I love about it, and again, I don't hate Finding Nemo. I picked it as my first one, so don't come after me with pitchforks. But... The music. I feel like growing up, I loved the Lion King soundtrack and the scores. And then watching Finding Nemo one time, I was like, oh my gosh, this music is amazing. And I was like, mom, can I get the CD for Christmas? And she was like, there are no words. There's like no songs. And I'm like, no, the scores. (laughs) And it like really opened up the doorway to me falling in love with music scores. So that's why I picked Finding Nemo. It's a beautiful movie. Yes. A beautiful relationship. It's true. Thanks for steering it back to the movie instead of just <laughs> my music. love for Thomas Newman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number one pick was Fantastic Mr. Fox, Wes Anderson. Um, this is another one. I have a memory of watching it in the theater with my family. I think uh, we were going to go see a different movie. Uh, I think it was a Disney movie that had just come out like Thanksgiving, but all it was all sold out. So we're like, okay, I guess we'll go to the Dollar Theater and watch Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. And I was like, I do not want to watch this. But we sat down and we were watching it, and my family was in hysterics. <laughs> and we were the only ones laughing in the entire theater. Like, we were laughing so hard. It's just, like, the kind of humor that uh, it's just exactly what my family loves. 
and it, we quote it constantly. <laughs> Whenever I watch it, I just laugh as hard as I did the last time. It's just, and the the animation's so impressive, and it's just so hilarious. Again, I love the the funny movies. I think I was in a bad mood when you guys showed it to me because I didn't <laughs> love it. I mean, I liked it, I appreciated it, but I'm thinking I'm gonna have to give it another chance because you do love that movie so oh much. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay. I feel like you should talk about your runner-up, because my runner-up matches your number one. Okay. And then I'll talk about my number one, and then we'll talk about yours. Okay. Um, my runner-up for G was The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I just love westerns. I don't know, I think I, like, two years ago, I started becoming obsessed with westerns. Yeah, I really want you to, like, dig deep and figure out where this love came I know. from. I what think started I realized, all. well, my mission was kind of... Like, uh, it was just south of Texas. Mm, oh, so there right. was lots of, like, the people there would wear cowboy hats, cowboy boots. It was, like, dusty and hot. It's kind of like a western setting. But, I don't know, I think I just fell in love with the cowboy. And, um, well, I, I love cows. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's it. I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I don't know, I have this secret desire to marry a cowboy and live on a, a cattle ranch. <laughs> so I lived that by watching a whole bunch of westerns. And oh my gosh. It, I don't know. The good, the bad, the ugly. Clint Eastwood is in his prime. It's true. He never looked as good as he did in that. Well, I haven't seen his other movies when he was younger. I've seen the ones when he's old and kind Unforgiven. Of he's kind of scary now. He is. He's a little bit scary. Old people but, are so scary. Um... Yeah, I just loved this classic. Oh, I'm trying to remember his it's, name. It's well done, like Angel Eyes, and it's it's super long, but I feel like it's pretty riveting. Oh, Don't I watch the director's loved... cut though. <laughs> oh, it's <was> so long. <laughs> I loved seeing like these these things that other people have taken, like references. Yeah. That they've made to that. Like film. Ratatouille. Yeah, or like Star Wars, and yeah. like all these things that they've use of that film and as inspiration and I, I don't know I thought it was it's like such a standard for the western genre but it also like a you know inspires so many other ones mm -hmm. but yeah I just Clint Eastwood as the cowboy in that movie was kind of my dream man so that's why I picked him. oh my gosh amazing okay my number one pick is my favorite film of all time Ghost Mr. Chicken um, it is just, like, me. <laughs> There's this lore in my family that I was at the hospital for a little bit longer when I was born. <laughs> and when I finally came home, it was the same day that my dad brought Ghost Mr. Chicken. Oh, I don't know if that's true, but, like, I would like to believe that it's true. The family lore. Yes. <laughs> um, it is just so funny. It's so hilarious. I feel like the writing is just top-notch. Don Knotts is brilliant in it. Everybody does such a good job. I watch it at least once every year around Halloween, but I have these memories of watching it over and over and over again as a young child and, like, acting out the part of, the, like, the scary haunted house. It's just this perfect blend of, like, horror and scary and a bit of a thriller and a mystery, but also so funny. And I just, like, feel like that is my soul. <laughs> like, I just, I gravitate to those things. And... I think it's probably because I'm really vain because it takes place in Rachel, Kansas. And so <laughs> my name appears in the film like 19 times. I've tried to count. <laughs> so there's that <laughs> to take into stock. But it is ju just like 
this immediate bond. Like, there have been roommates that randomly knew it. Like, Nikki knew it, and Aspen knew it, and I just bonded with them over it. And in my film class, on the first day, in our, like, little pods, we had to say our favorite movie, and I was like, do I say Ghost Mr. Chicken? Is nobody gonna know it? And I was like, I'm just gonna say it. And so I did it, and so many people in the class were like, oh, such a good film, I love it! And I was like, yes, my people! And it is just my film, and I feel like I am... It is my legacy because now Sophie, my niece, loves it too. <laughs> I gave it to her for a birthday and she like quoted it in one of her church talks once and it was like the proudest moment of my life. <laughs> so it is great. Ghost Mr. Chicken. It's saying a lot that this is my number one pick over the other one that we're going to talk about. So Okay, so my number one pick, Rachel's runner up. Yes, very close. <laughs> is, guess what it is? It's The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> um... This was, yeah, this was kind of the beginning of our film. Yeah. Like, we just started watching tons of movies after this. Right. Um, I started watching it on TV. I think I was, like, halfway through, and I started watching it. Because we were, I, I think I it was my New Year's resolution to watch ten films in January. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, let's figure out films that we want to watch. So Godfather was there, and then it came on TV. And so then I, I wanted to watch the whole thing, and Rachel had Bit Angel. So I said, let's watch Godfather, because I want to watch, I want to watch it, and you have Vid Angels, so let's watch it. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I was sucked in the first time I watched it. The music is so good. Like, the story's just... What can we say about The Godfather that hasn't been said? It, there's a reason it's rated so highly on so many lists. Yeah, and I don't, my mom's always like, why do you love this? It's just about a story of this man being sucked into, like, this life of sin, and these horrors that he has to endure, but I don't know, it's just, maybe it's fascination with the abomination, but <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm amazed at the life that it portrays. And Yeah, and I feel like every aspect of it is solid. Like, it's it's a really interesting, intriguing story, but without everything else that's part of it, like the performances by everybody, the lighting, like the cinematography, the way that they tell the story, the music, <laughs> like every single aspect of it just matches up so, so well. And largely were accidents. <laughs> so, oh man, everybody who's listening to this already knows how much we love The Godfather, <laughs> so we don't need to bore them more. But if you are listening and you haven't seen The Godfather, please contact us immediately because we we'll are always- watch it with you. We're always trying to find excuses to watch it. <laughs> watched it many times in how many years? 11 times in three years. Yeah. And I think only like three of those times were just by ourselves. So we've been spreading out who to watch it with just as an excuse to rewatch it. So. And we've reenacted. It's true. The first half. And dressed up so good. many times. Oh, it's the best. All right. Well, that's it. I want to keep going, but we are only going to go to it's G. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening if you're still with us. Next month, uh, I think we'll either be doing letters H through O, or maybe we'll be recapping Cinemonth. So we'll just see what we feel. Um, but yeah, so hopefully see you next month. Took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>